0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Recollection. Only this time we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to start our very first podcast. And with my podcast, I have my hosts, Billy and Casty. Billy, tell us a little bit something about yourself.
1: Hello. My name is Billy. Um, I've been playing games for probably almost my entire life. I'm currently 25. So I've been playing games for, give or take, 20 years. Uh, I'm a huge fan of first-person shooter games, RPG games. Um, Not so much into sports or racing games. Not my kind of thing. Uh, What makes me really engaged with games is storytelling primarily. I'm... huge into story games like The Witcher, Mass Effect, uh, just to name a few. And um, if we go back in the past, there's a couple of games that come to mind, like Chrono Trigger, probably one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I definitely think that those are what make me a gamer, I would say. And uh, that's just a little bit about me so far.
0: Wow, uh, Billy. Uh, it seems like you're reading off a script. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I want you to do my commentaries from now on. Uh, no more of my voice. I want I want you to do it because that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good for your first intro. I'm proud of you. Uh, Cassie, you. Cassie, Cassie, a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, well, all right. My name is actually Jacob, but I go by Cassie because there's a lot of Jacobs in the world. Uh, I would say that I've probably been playing video games. Since the PlayStation 1 came out, that's what I started on. Then I had PlayStation 2, then the uh, 3, and then the 360, and then everything else. Uh, I would say my favorite games, the games I spent the most time on, would probably be Skyrim and Halo in general. Uh... Definitely, favorite type of game would be first-person shooters. I would have to say I don't really dislike any types of games. Um, I don't really like—I want to say I don't like—top-down uh, games are probably my least favorite. Top-down uh, games, more
0: like uh, Diablo and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, like it depends on the game. Like Diablo, I kind of like, but like if it doesn't have like the uh, like the customization and all the different, uh, skills and stuff like that, then it's kind of boring to me. Okay. Uh, um, I would have to say the reason I like to play video games so much is because it keeps me busy and I enjoy it.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, your intro, uh, kind of immediate No, I'm joking. <laughs> Pretty good intro. <laughs> Not as good as Billy's. Uh, not as good as Billy's. Billy's is uh, definitely the uh, the intro I'm gonna go with with uh, for my future future videos and stuff. Just gonna pull that awesome. exact intro out, no matter what. <laughs> I can be I can be talking about football or something. I'll just pull that one video out and that could be my intro.
1: Oh, I don't know if that would be a good idea. Your view is <laughs> plummeting after that. Terrible, nah, terrible nah. idea. You have a voice of an angel. <laughs> I would disagree, but thank you.
0: All right, so. Most of you already know me, Uh, I go by Paragon, but my actual name is Jordan. Uh, I'm 23 years old, I started gaming uh, pretty young, probably around PlayStation 1 era, Uh, Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, I kind of jumped around with different kind of platform games, played the DS a lot, I have went through several DS's because they broke very uh, easily uh grew up and started playing dark souls when it first came out and that kind of my favorite favorite game series and i'm better at dark souls than billy is and he sucks at it just gonna throw that out there
1: where we would disagree
0: (laughs) uh what drives me with gaming uh it's definitely an escape from reality Uh, i work long hours in the day and i have a lot of days off fair enough but it's it definitely I can be anything I want to in video games. I can do anything I want. uh And it's it's a way for me to connect with people I haven't seen. uh For example, my best friend lives in Texas. One of my best friends. I'm sorry, Billy. One of my best friends. I feel
1: hurt.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh He lives in Texas and I haven't seen him since I was like 12 years old. And that's one way for us to uh hang out is through video games is definitely to to do it that way uh so that's a little bit about your hosts uh once again welcome to our very first podcast did i say podcast i think i meant to say podcast
1: messing up i'm good messing start, up man here we go it's a great that's, start that's a good start right <laughs> there
0: so one thing i wanted to actually throw in here as one of our start uh start topics Ooh, just kicked my desk one of the things I wanted to throw in here to start our topics is uh World of Warcraft. Billy, you're you're very uh very big in World of Warcraft. Very knowledgeable yep. indeed. Um I wanted to throw in here that uh World of Warcraft is in fact pay to win. That's where you're wrong. It's definitely not. I mean, you 100% percent pay to win, and I really wanted to bring this into light so people would understand how wrong you were, Billy.
1: Right, right, okay. So Tell us why it is not pay-to-win. Alright, here we go. So, to start off with, World of Warcraft is not pay-to-win. Because, in order to... I I personally think that games are defined as pay-to-win as something that you can buy. That you cannot obtain within the game. That makes you have a clear advantage over somebody who has not spent any money in the game so take for instance you go in the store and there's this epic sword does 200 dps just as an example and there's no other sword in the game that you can buy that is a 200 dps sword that person buys it goes into pvp and fights against somebody they're going to have a clear advantage over somebody who has not bought that that's kind of The basic way I would define pay to win, but pay to win can be a much more broader thing. Um, World of Warcraft has the ability to buy gold. You can buy gold with money. Gold is a currency that you use to buy a lot of things in World of Warcraft. However, you can't buy the strongest gear in the game. You have to actually play the game and do these things called raids, which are 10, 25 man. group activities in order to obtain the best gear in the game group activity so it's like yoga uh (laughs) yoga could also be a solo activity (laughs) i'm just gonna put that out there i've done a little bit of yoga by myself but it's definitely more of a group activity i'll probably give you that
0: (laughs) no so You go in and you go into these stores and you can buy the gold, which in turn you can buy high level gear, which can get you into these raids because raids you need a, a specific amount of item level. So you can buy the item level gear you need to get into these raids and then you go into the raids and then you get the gear that you needed when somebody else that didn't want to spend the money has to grind and work their way up to that specific item level, which I
1: would in turn say that is a pay to win aspect. I could agree in a little sense, but when it comes to raiding, that's a PvE activity. So, yeah, you'll you'll have a clear advantage over somebody who has not done that. But in PvP, it's not that way. It, it is baseline statistics. Like, your stats are all baseline. So, even if you have worse gear or or even the best gear from the raid, for instance, you are not able to actually be better than somebody who has played more time in pvp or less time in pvp and you just jumped in there because you bought the gear however in a pve setting you could say that yeah he did pay to be higher level than that person who has not done so but because the game is so built around skill i would argue it makes it hard to say that he has a clear advantage over somebody who is a lower level but a much skilled player and can actually do better than that person who has the better gear because he just jumped in there had no idea what he was doing spent a bunch of money because he wanted to and bought a bunch of high level gear from the auction house and jumped right into a raid automatically because he said hey i'm this high item level invite me to this raid and these guys are said okay cool he's got a high item level let's invite him to the raid he gets invited goes off going to the raid and then he sucks would he technically be winning compared to somebody who is not on that same level as him but is performing at a higher level than him
0: i can definitely see your your side of the argument especially with uh how you got to know your role to play, especially uh, tanks and healers. DPSs can kind of just go in and DPS, while as a, a tank role, you definitely have your what you need to do within that uh, raid and or dungeon. And same thing for healers. Uh, it's a lot going on, especially trying to heal the dumb tank who doesn't know how to tank and is not stunning the target or uh, moving out of its AOE aspects and just kind of just sitting there and not doing anything. So I can definitely see uh gear level definitely doesn't come into play when it comes to the winning aspect of a pay to win, uh, Casty, I haven't really seen you play any uh, World of Warcraft, but do you know much about World of Warcraft?
2: Uh, I know absolutely nothing about that game. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I know that there is the
0: Alliance and the Horde. That's... I mean, I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're you're not wrong. That's honestly that might be some more uh more information that a lot of other players might not know you know there is two factions the horde and the alliance actually multiple factions but you can only play those two as of right now but billy is the the expert on world of warcraft i've haven't put as much hours on there but he does suck at death knight i'm just gonna throw that out there as well
1: oh that's what you
0: think that's that is exactly what i think uh so, I guess on the, the next topic I want to bring up, uh, Cassie's not going to be as much uh, informable, uh, but we will get into some other topics here in a few minutes. Uh, oh, that's fine. <laughs> he, Cassie's doing homework right now, so he's kind of uh, back and forth between what's going on. Uh, I told him not Bare to profession. talk about the homework. Nobody yeah, as long as he doesn't talk homework.
1: about it, we're okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to talk about homework. Uh, so, we just talked about WoW as a uh, pay to win. Uh, I just kind of wanted to get Billy talking a little bit. Uh, Now I want to roll into the WoW Classic. Billy is probably more knowledgeable on everything that's going on with that. I did bring up a a news article on everything, but I uh, wanted to bring in WoW Classic. E3 is coming up. I want to talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, But let's get into WoW Classic real quick. Billy, what do you have to say about that?
1: I'm interested to see how... Wow! Classic is going to turn out in the long term. I think in the short term, I think it's going to play out. Everybody's going to jump on these streaming servers, right? Mm-hmm. So, classic Wow back in the day, streaming wasn't a wasn't a thing at all, right? The internet itself wasn't as developed as it is in today's society. So I think. Because of everything that's changed, I think WoW Classic is going to have a much different feel to it compared to how it was actually released back in 2004-2005. But I'm thinking that to start off with, when it releases, people are going to be rushing to try to get on these servers that their favorite streamers are on. Or... I mean, maybe maybe they'll avoid it. There, There's a huge possibility that that might happen as well. I think Classic WoW has a potential to succeed very well with a lot of people who are currently playing WoW right now or maybe not playing it at, at all because they're waiting for Classic to come back. And they might just avoid those streamers because they just want to try to relive how Classic WoW was for them back when it came out. But... I think streaming is going to have a much bigger impact on it um, than I think some people are giving it credit for. Because stream sniping is a huge thing in a lot of games. And WoW currently does not really experience something like that. But it it was popular on Twitch when they showed off the... Uh, close beta for it. I, I think one of the uh, popular WoW YouTubers, Asmin Gold, he had maybe a hundred thousand people. Which I'm not a, I don't really watch him. I don't watch a lot of his content, so I don't know what his numbers currently are. But from what I gathered, that was a huge, huge number base for somebody like him. And I would guarantee you, some of those people just jumped on just to either go gank him if he was playing on a PVP, or just wanted to be, you know, on the internet, be like, "Hey, look, it's me. I'm on the internet too." Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely and... something I would do. Oh yeah. So, you know, I I I'm so interested to see how that game is going to um turn out at least in the short term because i think in the long term give it like four or five months i think that'll die off i think it'll finally go back to like you just jump in and you play classic wow and you don't really have to worry about long queues queue times or anything like that but depending on how many servers they make it very well could be you jump on your server and you just want to play your server but because you accidentally chose a a streamer server where a lot of streamers play you might be stuck in a queue because everybody's trying to get in just to go play with the streamer or go do something that the streamer is doing. I think that's going to have a huge impact and I'm not I don't know if Blizzard's planning for that or not. Um I know that there was a a little bit of um a debate going around whether or not they should let streamers get in first or if it should just be hey everybody gets in at the same time. I really don't know if that's going to make much of a difference. It might for numbers. Um but depending on how many people want to jump back into Classic WoW and start streaming, I think that's going to have a huge impact on the game.
0: So, I, I streaming older games and stuff, they always, uh, coming from me as a, as a small-time streamer, I realize that I get more views when it comes to older older games, not really these uh, hit new games that come out because there's so many people that are wanting to watch it. Um, right. But World of Warcraft, wow classic coming out it's an older older style game but it's still new because everyone is going to be hopping into it it's not like you're trying to play an old game that nobody really thinks about anymore and they're like oh let me try to look this game up on uh twitch now and here it is there's one guy playing it no there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be streaming it uh even though it is an older game but it's still new because of how they're uh how they're doing it and that kind of leads into uh my next question here uh, for you, Billy, is uh, in the long term, it's an older game, but there's still that new main storyline, World of Warcraft, that's out right now. Right. How how are they going to keep WoW Classic fresh? How are they going to keep people coming back to it when there's already been a main storyline for World of Warcraft that they're going to keep adding on to for players that still want to play the normal wow as opposed to wow
1: classic. I think what's going to drive wow classic a lot is the um the ability to play with friends and yeah, sure, you got normal wow, you could do that too, but because of how much older classic wow is, you got this feeling that you jump in and you have this huge community. I think community is going to have a huge impact and if there there's enough people to support it i i definitely think that's what's going to kind of bring people back into it is that community aspect to it because what what current wow has is this technology called uh, sharding or instancing where they have multiple servers combined together you'll be out in the world you'll be doing quests And you'll be killing monsters, and you'll see somebody from your server, and then the second you step into the next uh, zone or town or whatever within that location, you might see somebody else from a different server. So it's split up. You don't have that community like what Classic WoW used to have, where you log on your server, and you see that guy wearing that armor, and you look at his name, and you recognize his name, or you recognize his guild. You say, oh my god, I know who that is. That's one of the top raiders on our guild. And you want to talk to him, or you want to you know, just eyeball you know, eyeball him and look at his gear and all this other uh, aspects to it. I think social features are going to be something that drives classic wow, uh, especially in the short term. And that could kind of go back into the whole streaming thing as well. but if if we were to kind of cut away the streaming and just talk systems and stuff like that, I definitely think that the community is going to be something that continues to hold Wild WoW Classic for, you know, the next couple of years. And I think the other thing that uh can definitely bring people back, I just the game itself, I think honestly, the harder style of the game. There's no there's no LFG tool. That's the looking for group tool where you you press a button, you say, "Hey, I want to queue up for this dungeon." For any people who don't know how MMOs work, currently that's a huge thing uh, in a lot of these MMOs. Is you just press join queue, and then it queues you up with five other people or four other people. You go in, you do the dungeon, and then you're you're done. There's no talking, there's no communicating, there's no hey, I remember this guy, I'm a I'm become friends with him. So then maybe you know a couple uh, levels later, he's still playing or whatever. I send him an invite. Hey, do you want to go do this dungeon? And you just that aspect has lost in current wow. So I think people looking for that is going to have a uh, a much enjoyable experience with this classic Wow experience where you can just make a lot more friends and the game is harder itself, and that also could bring a lot of people back the slower paced gameplay that uh, classic Wow has.
0: so there's the co- the community definitely can bring. Uh bring people into wow my my thing is is i to me that feels more like a short term uh especially with with uh discord being a thing now and how the internet has developed over time the community as it was back when wow classic was there i don't think that community is there anymore as opposed to i don't think it can be there uh primarily because of how the internet's changed. Everyone went into WoW Classic, and they had things like Ventrilo and uh, plain texting through the game itself, as opposed to, hey, let's go into this Discord that you know people are in, and they're playing multiple different games. Hey, let's have a conversation in Discord and things like that, rather than, hey, let's all meet up in this one place and run this one dungeon and one raid.
1: Uh, I, I so, can,
0: yeah, I can definitely agree with that i'm definitely i'm definitely worried for it as a a long term short term i think it looks good on paper i think it looks good as uh hey audiences and players are gonna love this they're gonna love the nostalgic feeling of it uh and going in and into that because of the nostalgia and that kind of leads into my next topic of wow classic they uh are implementing uh bugs as not bugs
1: <laughs> right they're features of the game because they existed back in the game they want to leave it as it was they don't want to mess with it which i think is a smart move mm-hmm. um and of course you know they'll fix certain bugs there was a, a famous bug back in wow uh wow classic where you would loot an item like you you would your character would bend down and loot the dead body but then be stuck in that animation yep, yep, that was an that actual one. bug that existed back then, that's going to be patched out. Something like that's an actual bug. But there's, I I think it's funny because I've seen a few people say, hey, why why is there no exclamation mark on the map like there mm-hmm. is in current WoW? Well, that's because it didn't exist back in that mm-hmm. day. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, people thinking that WoW Classic is a lot more like normal WoW as it is, but it's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's going to have a huge impact on the game in terms of player retention, I think.
0: So I have a I have a list here of some of the things that are quote unquote features, but they're bugs, uh quote unquote features of the game. Uh, I'm gonna go through them real quick. If you hear something that I say, Billy and Casty, if you know, I know you're not trying to keep up as much as you are for this topic, but if you hear something that you want to go into more detail, stop me right there before I read on to the next one, uh and hit on it uh Torin's hit hitboxes and their melee reach is slightly larger than other races that's uh, correct being critically struck while using the sit to sit does not cause abilities like enrage blood craze and recognizing to act reckoning to activate uh using the automatic quest tracker option does not auto track newly accepted quests it instead will track it will start to track an existing quest once progress towards an objective is started So you're not going to sit there and you're not automatically tracking uh, a quest that you just accepted and then the next quest that you just accepted because you're going around town accepting every single quest so you can get it on your quest map as opposed to uh, going back and forth and trying to complete one quest at a time. Uh, You're kind of just tracking the quest that you're currently progressing through. Uh, Warrior's Health Regeneration is working... At the, expe- at the expected rate, uh, I'd never played as warriors, so I have no clue what that means.
1: Warriors were terrible. They were the worst class to play in Classic <laughs> WoW. They, they were the slowest class to play, and it took forever to kill anything. C- try to attack two mobs at a time, you're boned. You're screwed. All right, then.
0: Uh, quest objectives and points of interest are not tracked on the map or minimap. Uh, completed quests are marked on the minimap with a dot and not a question mark which i feel like that that's going to be uh, a thing where people overlook a lot uh especially if you're looking for a question mark on the mini-map like hey i completed this quest why can't i turn it in or where is it at and then you're realizing there's just a dot on the map you got to go to that dot as opposed to a question mark yep uh feared players and npcs run fast do they not do yeah, that in a normal while now
1: yeah, they, they changed how fear worked. Uh, I haven't been keeping, keeping up on um fear, but it back in the day, it used to be a thing where you had an increased movement speed. Um, I think they used it as a way to get out of danger real quick, but mm. it also created unintentional side effects where you would run into another mob, and then pull those guys, and then you'd be screwed. Mm. But okay. it was a feature back in Classic WoW, so they're leaving it in. Gotcha.
0: Standing on top of other players while facing away allow spells and attacks to be used. Uh, creature respawn rates are much slower than Battle of Azeroth, which is the normal WoW that's being played right now. Uh, oh, yeah. So I, I can touch on that one a little bit myself. Uh, creatures respawn rates are much slower, uh, especially for when playing as a hunter and you're trying to go around uh, uh, taming animals. And other monsters and stuff that uh, uh, you're sitting there and one hunter maybe for like a legendary or an exotic animal that uh, pops up only once in a blue moon for specific reasons you go there and uh, a hunter had already either uh, tamed it or other players have already killed it or whatever and you're sitting there and you're like okay when can it respawn again and you get like a long 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 time frame and you're like okay just gonna do something else. And then if you go back to it, there's always that one other player that's probably already hunting it and stuff. And that goes for uh regular creatures as well. You kill a creature and it takes forever for them to spawn back.
1: Yeah, that is uh that is correct. That that used to be uh a big thing back in classic WoW is that monster spawns were a lot slower. Kind of make the I don't know, world feel alive, I suppose. But um yeah, that's definitely something that I saw was a big issue with uh, a lot of people who played the the close beta was it why is everything taking so long to spawn compared to the current version of the game? Well, that's because that was how Classic was. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: on Level Up, the message, your skill is protected, increased to 15, was added in 1.12.1, 1, and we're intending to keep that. Uh, okay, I really don't know what that message means.
1: I couldn't tell you, don't remember.
0: You are unable to polymorph enemy targets that are trapped in players with whom you are not grouped. So, uh, my original character on World of Warcraft was a mage. And I went in and, uh, I was, I was playing with Jacob who lived in Texas, who still lives in Texas. We both lived in Texas at the time. Uh, I was playing a mage. I don't remember what, I think he was playing a, he was playing a paladin is what he was playing as, uh, and I was playing as a mage, and one of the things was being able to polymorph uh, enemies and polymorph yourself and your friends. And I don't think that's a thing in uh, normal WoW anymore. Uh, no, I'm... I
1: believe you're correct in that. Yeah. In a while since I've touched it, but I don't think you can do that.
0: Yeah, and that was one of the the gimmicky fun things that I liked in WoW was the fact that I could polymorph into a sheep, <laughs> or uh, Jacob into a sheep, and it was it was definitely a more of the the comical side of it like hey this i come back to wow because i enjoy playing with my friend i enjoy doing quests enjoy doing stupid things while in game it's kind of like that uh south park episode (laughs) right that's one of my favorite episodes of south park is when they get when they play world of warcraft uh at all and this is the last one for for that is at all levels of player character and enemies aggro radius is set to an intended distance so i'm thinking that's going into uh uh, basically it doesn't matter what level you are you're going to aggro an enemy at a certain distance so if you're uh cap is level 60 right in classic yes that's okay. correct if you're level 60 and you're going into storm uh not stormwind, but uh uh shire what is it gold there it is sorry been a while since i've played too uh and you're going into gold and you're going out in the woods and you're facing level five wolves that are out there uh And you're and you're capped at level sixty. It doesn't matter how close you get to that wolf. There's still that radius that the wolf is still going to aggro to you. I believe that's what it's getting at.
1: Yeah. There's um. When you're at a lower level, you you're going to have a potential. You have that same amount of chance of pulling a mob that is thirty levels ahead of you, or if you were the same level as that mob. The difference is there is right. It's you're going to pull them at the same distance.
0: Right. 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 Uh for closing Wild WoW Classic, you have anything that you wanna say, Billy.
1: No, I think that's uh mostly it. Um I'm very interested to see how it's uh gonna turn out. I might play it myself. I haven't quite decided yet. Uh nowadays I don't know if I have the attention span to really put into a game like Classic where you have to put a lot of time and um effort into it. Um community is a big thing and I don't know if I really want to dedicate a lot of time to trying to make a lot of friends like I used to back in the day so I might be a while before I jump into it or maybe not at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh all right, moving on to the next topic uh with E3 coming up. Uh I wanted to jump into some things that we're we may be looking forward to uh with E3. Uh let's go since Cassie's been quiet here for a little bit. Let's let's hound cassie a little bit yeah cassie are you back yeah i'm here hey cassie sorry to sorry to get you uh you know you probably fell asleep doing some homework and stuff like that uh yeah billy billy had the world of warcraft uh uh commentary on this but what are you excited for e3 2019 i want to know more about the new xbox the new Xbox. What's it called? Do we know any details? Uh, there's a couple different things. The only one I really know about is a uh, Project Scarlet. Scarlet, right? Okay. So I'm not. I'm not an Xbox fan. I know Billy's not an Xbox fan. Uh, PC definitely is the way that we like to go. Uh, or PS4 for the exclusives. Uh, I'm not definitely an Xbox fan, so I'm not tracking on Xbox at all. Uh, but what other things? Can you tell me more about Xbox? Uh, because it's really just been
2: Sony releasing stuff about PS5. I really just want to see if the next Xbox is actually, if it's going to compete with the PS5, like, you know, actually be able to do what it can do, or if it's going to start off how the Xbox One was and it's going to be really bad compared to the PS5 and then get better over time Mm -hmm. to where it uh, outperforms the
0: PS5. So, Microsoft's... uh conference will be sunday june 9th at 4 p.m eastern time which by the time this video goes live uh that microsoft video that microsoft uh conference will be up and you can go watch it Uh, that way people watching this video will know exactly what's going on maybe they'll talk more about the xbox i'm sure they will i'm sure they won't won't bypass that i'm sure they'll talk about it uh what about game wise what games are you looking forward to cassie uh
2: halo infinite
0: definitely definitely going with the uh with the xbox exclusives and stuff like that okay microsoft exclusives uh billy what about you what are you looking forward to the most not necessarily games but anything uh e3 related
1: well i'm not going to lie uh, i'm going to have to be a little bit uh kind of with casty i'm definitely interested to see what xbox actually brings or microsoft as a whole actually brings to to this uh conference because the thing is, is that this E3 is a special E3 where Sony's not going to be there. That mm. like it's it's actually a lot of people kind of stepped away from E3 this year, which could be good in a lot of ways. Um that might give more time and presence for these other people. But yeah, I'm I think Xbox has been killing it lately. I'm not a big Xbox guy, um but I'm big into halo halo was uh, a thing that i used to love and play back in the day so i'm interested to see what halo infinite is if they show it there uh not so much about the xbox console itself because i'm mostly uh on the pc but those i'm very interested to see what microsoft will actually bring and game wise i'm definitely looking forward to seeing cyberpunk 2077 that's rumored to be there um another xbox game ori in the will of the wisps if anybody who's ever played a metroidvania game uh metroid or orion the blind forest is definitely up there and it's sequel Ori and the will of the wisps i'm super excited they showed it off last year and we haven't seen anything since then definitely looking forward to seeing any information on that if it actually comes out
0: Okay, hmm. right. uh cassie uh i know there's rumors of them uh talk about battlefield i don't know cassie you're still here yeah, I'm still here. Okay, I know you turned off your mic for a second. I think I heard your wife in the background. Uh, yeah. So rumors with uh, Battlefield Five. Do you know anything more about uh, what they're going to add into that, or are they doing anything uh, to with
2: I it? I heard that they're adding in the uh, Pacific Theater. What's that? Which is gonna, uh, all the uh, stuff with Japan, basically.
0: Okay. So more maps. but the other
2: side of the war, yeah. It, it, it'll basically be like the other half of the game.
0: Okay. Okay. That's actually pretty big, actually. That sounds cool. Uh sounds yeah. like it's more uh uh like hey, here's here's what else has been going on with the war as opposed to this this one side, huh?
2: Oh yeah. They'll uh supposedly they're putting the M one Garand in there, which is uh obviously a fan favorite.
0: Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about uh, the. Oh, lost my train of thought here. How do you feel about the Modern Warfare remake?
2: Oh, I was going to bring that up. I am so excited oh, here for we it we because. Go. I,
0: <laughs> All right, now, I now, now I'm getting Cassie talking. It. Okay, okay. Why? Why do you love it so much? What are you so eager because about? Because
2: that is. That's prime Call of Duty right there. Mm-hmm. That is what everyone loves. And instead of just doing a remaster, there's redoing it so it's not just like oh here's the same game but you know looks better you can Mm -hmm. play it uh they're getting new voice actors so it won't be like the exact same but i am uh i'm definitely looking forward to basically the same game but like redone from the ground up
0: okay okay that's I haven't, I've seen the, seen the trailer for it or the teaser trailer for it. And I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for it. Cause that's when, so I started playing Call of Duty back in, uh, to be honest, back in like Call of Duty three, when it was just a single player game kind of deal. And then didn't even know, like I, I played Call of Duty three, bef- like after Modern Warfare was out because I, I, my family didn't have like, a. I, I was like behind the curb on online gaming as opposed to everyone else. So Modern Warfare came out and then Modern Warfare 2, yada, yada, yada. And I wasn't in that online scene. I was still playing single player like Call of Duty 3 or uh, Call of Duty 2 or the Big Red One, stuff like that. And I was definitely behind the curve on uh, uh, online gaming. And when I discovered Modern Warfare, it was my brother who actually kind of introduced me into it. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And uh, I definitely—that's where it started my online gaming life. That besides you know Runescape, but that's Runescape and that's a different topic. <laughs> uh, with Modern Warfare, are they just doing the original uh the original game, or are they doing uh the trilogy? Are they doing MW one, two, and three with it?
2: Uh, from what it looks like, it looks like they're basically just redoing it. So I'm assuming you know, as long as sales are good, that they'll probably do 1, 2, and 3. And if they do, I cannot wait for 3 to come out already.
0: Yeah, 3 <laughs> was Three was definitely one. the one that I played the most as well. Uh, what, are there, uh, what about Borderlands 3? Who's, who's eager for uh,
1: that? I'm excited I mean, for it, but yeah. it's, since I'm a big PC guy and I don't really want to get into this, but since <laughs> it's going on at the Epic Game Store, I'm not going to pick it up until it comes to Steam which is in April, April. next year? So yeah, six months uh, timed exclusive. And hey, you know, I get it, right? They are they have a huge stake in Epic. They're running off the Epic Game Engine. It's, uh, it made complete sense for them to go down that route. However, from a consumer point, I don't believe that the Epic Game Store is consumer-friendly enough, it lock and it lacks a lot of features that Steam has in Granted, Steam's been around for a long period of time. So they've had time to build upon these features. But I think that Epic still has a long way to go. And with other people kind of taking a step into that market, like GOG, uh, I definitely think that Epic's going to have a hard time trying to keep up, especially if they keep trying to grab all these exclusives and continue to make a lot of their consumer base angry at them and prevent them from actually playing the games that they would like to be able to play where they want to play it Mm -hmm.
0: most definitely and i i uh i will not be picking up on the epic store either i'll be waiting for it to come out on steam Uh, i'm pretty excited for it i've been playing borderlands 2 trying to uh beat it because i never beat it and i want to do it so i'm excited for borderlands 3 uh Cyberpunk 2077. I know uh I'm not too eager for it because I don't really know a lot about it and it does I mean I feel like it's definitely going to be a very very good game and I think I'm going to be more excited for it whenever uh it does come out. I know Billy you're pretty excited for it. What about you, Casty? Uh
2: I'm excited for it. I really hope it's a good game. I just I it's like a I have like a 50/50 feeling that it might not be as good as i think it's going to be or like that everyone else thinks it's going to be and and it'll like kind of disappoint in a way but Mm -hmm. not at the same time just because like we overhyped it ourselves oh yeah most definitely and deliver to our expectations
0: that's a lot of things a lot of things that we we do is we overhype video games a lot and it definitely <laughs> it definitely doesn't come in handy whenever we're like, oh, it's going to be super awesome, I'm going to love it, and then we get it, and then it kind of meets our expectations, but then it's falling short on some kind of aspect, and then we just kind of leave it alone. Uh, And I think that's one thing that's going to hurt it is the
1: uh, hype factor. True. I agree. I think it could have a huge impact on it, but um, regardless, I definitely think that the, they can't make a bad game. I I don't believe that... Cyberpunk 27 and 7... As a game itself is going to be a bad game. They made Witcher 1. They made Witcher 2. They made Witcher 3. Now they're making this game. If anything, the game is going to be disappointing to certain eyes... That believe the game would be something else than it actually is. That overhyped factor coming into play. But I do believe that the game itself regardless of what it actually turns out to be will be a fundamentally good game but we'll have to wait and see
0: most definitely and uh moving on to I think I don't as far as I know there's not a lot of uh news going on with this particular game uh, I'm sure one of you two probably knows a little bit more about it uh but I think it's going to be a fan favorite uh and people are looking really forward to it, is uh, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I don't know a lot of what's going on right now. I know it's been kind of pushed back some. I know that uh, they have shown uh, some gameplay and some, uh, like, here's the differences between the original game and then what's new, uh, but I, I don't know a lot about it. Either of you two know more about it?
2: uh i don't know anything about it. the only final fantasy i played was the uh the newest one 15.
0: okay so, uh... i know billy played a lot of uh well no i know he played 13 i think right billy yeah i,
1: I so i'm i not a huge final fantasy guy i i like them but i haven't been a huge fan of them the only ones i ever actually managed to beat was four mm-hmm. uh but it was the remake for the psp not the original okay. 4, and not the DS remake. The one that that's they made right. for PSP was a different version. They had like four or five different remake of 4. I beat one of them. Um, I got maybe halfway through 7, the original, uh, and that's about it, uh, and 13. I beat 13. Don't know why. I thought it was a terrible game. I still <laughs> managed to beat it. Uh, still to this day, I question how I managed to beat what, a terrible game that was and that's not to say that final fantasy 13 was like zero out of 10 trash but it just wasn't what final fantasy fans expected and maybe mm-hmm. that's why i was able to beat it was because mm-hmm. it was linear and that was one of the big things there's a it was a linear path from point a to point b and you beat the game that was about it right but when it's related uh to final fantasy seven the remake i know a few details about it Um, I know that it's going to be split up into episodes of sorts. Not a whole lot of details on that exactly, but from what I've gathered, they want to split it up kind of like how the original was. It had three discs, and they want to have like a three-episode kind of thing where the first part is you play from the start of the game until you escape Midgar, which is about the end of the first disc. But... I believe they want to expand upon everything that's contained within each episode to kind of make it its own fully fleshed out game of sorts, but you do hit an end point where it's like maybe like a big to be continued put on the screen or something, and then you would buy the next game, and each one is going to cost uh the same price from what I understand sixty dollars for each version because it's so fully fleshed out compared to the original where it was split up into three discs because the PlayStation just gonna have as much data on the discs as we do now with Blu-rays and right. stuff like that. Right. So I know that they're going to do that. Uh, and I know I had a rocky development cycle when they announced it, they had some other third-party developer helping them make it. And then Square Enix went in there and said, no, we don't like this, canceled it and restarted it. They might've taken certain assets from it. So it wasn't a complete from scratch uh restart but i do believe that they scrapped most of it and started over the gameplay looks more closer to that of crisis core the psp exclusive mm-hmm. final fantasy 7 prequel that came out back in the day mm-hmm. uh and i'm totally totally for that that makes me super excited if it's going to play like crisis core compared to final fantasy 15 which or yeah i didn't play too much of 15 because i didn't like its gameplay as much but if it's going to go down the route of a crisis core i think that's going to be a much better method of getting that game out there and getting a lot more people playing it compared to back in back in the day
0: yeah most
1: definitely uh are y'all excited for it i'm lukewarm on it i'm kind (laughs) of neutral on it i'm not a like I said, I'm not a huge fan of Final Fantasy. If it comes out it's great, cool. I'll probably pick it up and play it. Because I did actually enjoy Crisis Core, but that wasn't a mainline Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. I did I did beat Crisis Core, but again, not a mainline one. So if it's more like that one, I would probably play. It, uh buy and play it. Gotcha. Cassie?
2: Uh honestly I like Final Fantasy fifteen because uh the, for me, the story was easy to understand because I know like a lot of the Final Fantasy games are like uh, really confusing because it doesn't really go in like an order, and mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of the information you get is from doing like research yourself. So uh, honestly, if it looks as good as Final Fantasy 15 did, I will probably just play it because I think I, that's the only reason I played 15 is because it looked really good really? and I had a fun that's time playing it. That's true.
0: It, it did and look it's... really good. that's one thing I think uh, Square Enix is known for is definitely the graphics of its video games. Uh, Definitely stands out. If you look at a Square Enix game versus any other game, uh, even like a a game, uh, let's throw Cyberpunk 2077 out there. It's it's a gorgeous game, uh, very beautiful. uh, But the art style of it is so much different than Square Enix game. And uh, you can definitely tell like, hey. That looks like a square game that definitely looks like a game that Square Enix made, and I enjoy the graphics of that game and I know there's some people out there who don't enjoy uh the graphics of a Square Enix game. It's just i guess too cartoony for them and uh i i I kind of disagree with them. I really do enjoy the graphics of them it's very to me it's very beautiful
1: i I'll, I'll agree with that they definitely got a a unique style that you don't see in a lot of other games. And I do think that they have that kind of brand uh, recognition. You see it and you're like, I think that looks like it belonged to Square Enix or something. And then if it's like a trailer, for instance, and it shows up Square Enix, right on the number. It's it's something that you're much easier to uh, recognize compared to something like maybe Cyberpunk 2077. You'll look at that game and you're like, it looks like a really cool looking game. Who made it? right can't really recognize it right off the bat right right
0: all right uh moving on to another i think uh fan favorite and i don't know if a lot of people are looking forward to it or if they're not i haven't really heard a lot of chatter on it as of yet uh but i do know i'm kind of looking forward to it just because of uh the switch is pokemon sword and shield any thoughts that that got a
1: lot of that got a lot of uh information uh the other day and I was originally not as hyped for it uh, when they first showed off that trailer because it it looked just like a 3DS game. It it really did look like it belonged on the 3DS, but maybe a slightly upgraded version of it. But then we got this uh, info-dub at the uh, Nintendo Direct, and it surprised me. I'm not going to lie. I did not expect them to have it completely third-person, basically. You can control the camera. You can move around. Uh, the interactions with the pokemon i love i didn't play let's go uh eevee or pikachu um I, i did not like the uh go integrations i've not been a pokemon go fan since it came out i've just i didn't i don't like how it plays quote unquote because it's a mobile game and i do not like mobile games so i did not play let's go but it did have the Um, Pokemon out in the wild and you could actually see them and run into them. I feel like Mm -hmm. that makes the game much more alive and a a world that's immersive. It actually feels like you can walk in that world. So Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic. I think what they showed off was really good and it makes me a lot more excited for the game than I was previously.
0: Mm -hmm. Cassie, your thoughts on uh, Sword and Shield?
2: Uh, I'm excited to be able to have free camera control. I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely I think uh that's gonna be a major hit. Is past past Pokemon games, you were static. You walked into a, a Pokemon center and you saw the whole Pokemon center and that was it. And then you walked out and your camera zoomed out and then you had just this one static thing. If you're able to control the car- uh, camera, I feel it's more uh immersive feeling. You feel more of uh, the RPG aspect to it, if uh if you will.
2: Yeah, I feel like uh they're moving in a direction that uh everyone used to joke about. Be like playing pokemon but like skyrim pokemon you know like mm-hmm. that kind of uh style of playing like i feel like they're slowly and slowly getting closer to that to where like you know pokemon like you know like diamond and pearl remake will be able to do that Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: uh moving on to i think one of the last topics that we're going to be able to get into for this episode uh is Star Wars Jedi uh, Fallen Order. Uh, I just looked up, uh, or they just released the trailer for it, uh, or uh, gameplay trailer for it, and to me, it, the the action looked very uh, crisp. It looked very beautiful. It did remind me a lot of... Uh, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought here. What's
1: <laughs> the... Souls-like. That's what it reminded me of. Uh, Souls? Very a Souls game? Souls-like. Yes, it had it had a stamina and um a mana or as, you know, a Star Wars game, force powers. Uh it had those bars on the bottom. It felt like it was kind of souls like in that regard. You had the tab tar- or you had the lock on so you could lock on to somebody and then switch it over to a different person. Now granted, you know, that doesn't necessarily make it a souls game, but I that's kind of the vibe I got from it a little bit was a little
0: souls like. I was I was thinking more along the lines of a uh, uh, Force Unleashed. I was thinking how it changed from because you had you had games like a uh, Battlefront and Battlefront Two and I mean not the newer ones but the older ones when PlayStation PlayStation Two era and then PS3 came out and then they had uh and then they came out with the Force Unleashed and it was just like a totally different Star Wars game and I feel like it had that feel to it.
1: I would agree a little bit. I definitely think that uh, it's going a l- more closer to that. Um, but Force Unleashed was a much more faster paced game. And this one seems to be a little bit more slow paced, where you have an enemy, and you would fight him, and he's got a health bar. And you would whittle down his health bar and then finally kill him with like a cool you know, slice to the stomach or something like that. They showed mm-hmm. that in the uh, gameplay trailer. So I think it's maybe like a combination of that with a little bit of uh, Souls-like elements that they grabbed from and then uh, incorporated in that. Uh, So it looked interesting. Cassie, your thoughts on uh, The Fallen Order?
2: Uh, I think that it's going to be good because it has to be good. (laughs) Yeah, if they release another bad star wars games i don't think anyone's ever going to buy it again
0: oh, Almost yeah. especially with ea uh dealing with it but the thing is respawn uh respawn has their hand in it and i know respawn especially with like apex they kind of shunned ea like hey back off a little bit let us help you with these developments and that's what they did with apex apex is definitely dying down a lot but it definitely had a huge uh uproar when it first came out because of how it was uh, mechanically played out. And I think Respawn being having a hand in this game is definitely going to help.
2: Oh yeah, and with how well Titanfall 2 was done with the story and everything, I think the game will definitely be good.
0: Now, uh, I think that's pretty much all the time we're going to have. Uh, we're at 55 minutes for this hour-long episode. Uh, so in closing uh, for this episode... I would like to point out that uh, the E3 uh, 2019 location, the expo, takes place on Tuesday, June 11th through Thursday, June 13th, at the Los Angeles Convention Center. For our next podcast that we're going to be doing, uh, some of those, uh, some of the uh, uh, panels and everything will have been done, so we'll be able to go into more detail and talk a little bit more about uh, what has happened for our next uh, podcast. And I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most is being able to talk more into detail about some of the bigger uh, uh, announcements. announcements, as opposed to like speculations on some things. Uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, again, with some closing, Billy, you have anything to say?
1: Uh, no, I I think um, I had all I had to say for the most part. Uh, I'm very happy that we had the opportunity to be able to put this together, and uh, I. I'm very thankful for you bringing me on as a co-host for this podcast.
0: Well, it's, it's definitely an honor. You, you definitely took a, took a shine to this. You, uh, it actually is kind of coming, uh, second nature to you. Uh, you didn't cuss, you didn't, uh, put anything bad out there. You gave your honest opinion and, uh, your intro, it's like an angel. No, it's, it's, (laughs) it's definitely, you definitely, you definitely, uh, I feel that, Having you on here was definitely a, a great opportunity, uh, casty Uh,
2: well, basically the same thing Billy just said. There was one other game that's not really confirmed, but I hope makes an appearance, and that's Fable. Mainly because I never played it, but I always heard it was really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. So I hope the next time we do this, that game was shown off, and I can have a chance to play it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at a list of uh rumored games to be at e3 and fabled is on is one of them uh and hopefully for our next uh next podcast which by the way we're going to try to do weekly uh but our podcast record date i think will be wednesday because i work this coming up weekend so it's not going to be the whole e3 conference won't be over with at that time so hopefully we'll be able to get into uh fable if it gets shown uh Cassie, thank you for coming on. Uh, I know for the beginning part with the World of Warcraft and stuff like that, you couldn't really jump in as much with that. Uh, but having your insight on a lot of other... Leather to- ah, can't talk here. Having your insight on a lot of other topics definitely uh, makes, this, makes this podcast more fun. And it's for me, it's a great opportunity to talk with some friends. And even though me and Cassie have never met in real life, it's definitely uh, fun to... Uh, joke around and talk to each other and have debates. And Billy and I, we've known each other for like five years now, and I know Billy gets very animated, and I'm eager to get his uh his uh inputs on a lot of other topics later in our podcast series and stuff. So I'm I'm happy to have both of y'all. And there's also going to be a fourth co-host. Uh, his name is Mark, which he was supposed to uh, join us today. Uh, unfortunately that didn't happen and it kind of kind of sucks that he wasn't here but hopefully in the upcoming I don't think he'll be able to make the next podcast but the one after that uh, hopefully he'll definitely be in and uh, yeah hopefully we'll get, uh, get the crew going on these uh, videos or voiceover podcasts whatever you want to call it <laughs> I agree so uh, once again thank you both for uh, stopping by it's been an hour of uh, kind of some interesting talks and uh hopefully the audience listens and they enjoy what we're talking about and they kind of give us their inputs and we can discuss that more on the next uh podcast topic so everything that we talked about today all these games and all these uh uh basically uh things that we hit on i'll link in the comments below uh if you like this video and you're eager to hear some more of the podcast more uh billy getting very animated on his talking uh hit subscribe turn on that notification bell so when we do go live, you know that we're live or when it gets put on YouTube because we don't go live just yet. But that way you can uh, hear the next podcast. Uh, Leave comments below. Tell us uh, what games that you're eager uh, to see at E3, uh, what you want to hear more on our podcast. If you have any tips, tricks, whatever, leave that in the comments below. That way our podcast can get... A whole lot better uh so with that billy cassie thank you both for stopping by and it's been a good hour thank you and you have a good night sir yeah thanks